You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, they also mention that when Umar became Muslim, he came next to the Prophet The Prophet was praying and he was reading the Holy Quran and then he read this verse, وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُو مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكِ The Prophet was reciting this verse that you would not recite before the Quran any other book nor would you write anything before the religion of Islam and then you know they mentioned that he became Muslim after that. Now because this verse talks about the Prophet not reading and writing, let us briefly discuss this very fundamental point. Was the Prophet illiterate or not? You've commonly heard that the Prophet is what? Illiterate and other schools of thought, not all of them, Let's be fair to them, not all Sunnis, there are some Sunni scholars who don't believe in that. But the majority of Sunni scholars believe that the Messenger of God was illiterate. And he is Ummi, yes, that's what they say. So the Shia are pretty unanimous that the Prophet, of course, he never practiced reading or writing. That's not something we're contesting over here. But did he know how to read and write? Was he illiterate in that sense? That if you were to show him something, he couldn't make sense of it. Or if he really wanted to write something, he couldn't. Is that the case or no? There are a number of arguments made. One of them is this verse in question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly states that before the Quran, you did not read any book, neither did you write anything with your right arm. That's one argument they used, they've used. Another argument is Ummi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Prophet as being Ummi. And supposedly that means unlettered or illiterate. So how do we respond to that? First of all, the word Ummi in Arabic has a number of meanings. One meaning is the one who is attributed to Ummi al-Qura. One of the names of Mecca is what? Umm al-Qura, the mother of villages, because it was central in Arabia. So one of the names of Mecca was Umm al-Qura. If you came from Mecca, you were born in Mecca, Mecca was your hometown, people would call you what? Ummi, right? Like Arabi, Irani, Iraqi, you have that ya in Arabic. Ummi means you come from where? Umm al-Qura. So Imam al-Sadiq in one hadith, he says that's the meaning of Ummi. When Allah says that He sent a prophet who's Ummi, Allah's not saying He sent a prophet who's unlettered. Yes, one of the meanings of Ummi can be illiterate, but Allah is not using that meaning over here. He's using the meaning that this messenger comes from what? From Umm al-Qura. So that is one of the uh, meanings of Ummi. There are some other meanings of Ummi also, which means that the Prophet came from a village or a country that did not receive a divine book. 
So we can consider the Meccans to be Ummi in the sense that they did not have a divine book like the Jews and Christians had. So Allah is saying, I'm sending a book to a prophet who comes from a place that does not have a divine book. That's another meaning of Ummi. So this is another meaning that we have. What about that verse which says, you O messenger, you never read any book before and never did you write anything with your right hand. Does this indicate the Prophet was illiterate? There's no indication in the verse that he did not know how to read and write. The verse is only negating what? The fact that he practiced reading and writing. That's why. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the people, look at the mu'jizah of the Qur'an, the miracle. This is a man who never learned anything from anyone, he never read a book, he never wrote. So don't accuse him of writing because he never actually wrote. But it's not negating the fact that he does not know how to read and write. No, the Prophet ﷺ could distinguish the words. I mean, he has the, all of the knowledge, of course. And he could write if he wanted, but he did not write deliberately. So they don't accuse him of writing the Qur'an and authoring the Qur'an. So there is no proof in the Qur'an that the Prophet was illiterate or unlettered. Yeah, Allah is not saying he could not, he just says he didn't. You did not read, nor did you write. That's all. It does not say you cannot read or cannot write. Yes. So he was guided by Allah from birth not to write not to practice writing and reading so no one accuses him and that could be a proof that prophets from the day they are born they're guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that they have a level of prophethood yes that's a good argument over there so we believe that the prophet could actually read and write in fact in Hudaybiyah you know when they were making that treaty the prophet looked at that treaty he he read what the contents of that treaty and you know they objected to the title messenger of God, we'll examine that in the future and you know the Prophet had that omitted and he just said okay Muhammad uh, not the messenger of God because the pagans objected to that. Yes. So the letters that the Prophet wrote basically what is understood historically is that he had someone write it for them so it was on his behalf. But some do believe that the Prophet after Islam and after Allah proved to the world that this was a miracle, he did write. Um, some believe that in fact the treaty of Hudaybiyah, he did write it. Or when he was on his deathbed three days before he passed away and he said, bring me a piece of paper and pen so I'll write for you a will such that you'll never go, you'll never go astray. Many take it to mean, I'll dictate to you. But some of them said, no, he wanted to write it with his own right handwriting. So there's a you know, disagreement among scholars whether he actually wrote or not. Before Ba'tha he definitely didn't. After Ba'tha there's disagreement. Some say he did, some say he didn't. Now here's an interesting question. If the Prophet could write and he would have written for us all those hadiths, wouldn't that have been so much better for us? We have hadiths authored by the Prophet himself. 
no disagreements, look at the chain, don't look at the chain, who fabricated, who didn't. We have a book from the Prophet and he gave it to humanity and, 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 and this, and this whole dispute. Why didn't Allah allow the Prophet or any of the Imams of Ahlul Bayt to write books of Hadith for us? Now the Prophet, let's say, okay, there was a concern, let's not accuse him of writing the Quran. What about the Imams? Why don't we have books authored by the Imams who knew how to write, obviously? Why didn't Al-Imam al-Sadiq who taught 4,000 students at once in that Islamic university, why didn't he write a book for us? And he would have saved us so much trouble to figure out which hadith is correct and which is not. There are a number of reasons. Aside from Allah wanting to test us, of course. Number one, you think if the Imam would have written a book for us, there would not have been fabrications? Oh, believe that so many people in history would have, you know, got a hold of that book and inserted hadiths in it, and that's it. This is the book of Imam al-Sadiq. Now we'll take it for granted, and God knows how many fabricated hadiths would have been inserted. Number two, remember the Imams of Ahlul Bayt, because they represented the truth, oftentimes they were in taqiyya, meaning they did not publicly declare everything to everyone. If you have a book and it contains everything, oh, imagine what the government is going to do. Ah, you Shias, you have these beliefs, we're going to massacre all of you. But when it's verbal, it's difficult to keep track of it. And remember, back then there weren't any recorders, right? <laughs> to go and prove that the Shia or the Imam said any of this. So this would have come with a number of consequences for the Shia. They, they would have been eradicated had the governments gotten a hold of that copy. Number three, the Imams of Ahlul Bayt want us to use our intellect to arrive at the truth. If the Imam has all the laws for us in a book, who would become a scholar? Why should I go and become a scholar when I have all the laws over here given to me? But once you don't have a book, this compelled Shia scholars in history to go and become scholars. And the Imam wanted in the era of occultation to have our scholars as pillars. To get them to be scholars, they did not leave a book behind. So you have to go and do research to find out what the Imam said. It's not given to you on a golden platter. Otherwise, you'd have no marja, no scholar, nothing. We'd just be parrots who just read laws not even understanding them. Because hey, why should I go and investigate when the hadith here and the Imam is mentioning the law itself in the book. But once you do research, you start developing depth in religion. Because that's what research does. Yes. By the way, we are told that the Prophet ﷺ never did taqiyya, right? He never did taqiyya, it was only the Imams. Is that a true statement? In fact, not just the first three years, most of the time in Mecca. Yes, when it came to Tawheed, idol worshipping, there was no taqiyya. But when it came to the details of the religion of Islam, the Prophet didn't go public with everything. You think he'd stand in Masjid al-Haram, oh Quraysh, A to Z, let me give you to Islam. Of course not. The Prophet did practice taqiyya. 
He would say certain things only to his close companions. If there was a stranger, he wouldn't say everything. Yes, Tawheed, he'd say that publicly, no doubt about that. But for the other details of the religion of Islam, when the Prophet was in Mecca, he did not have freedom, he did Taqiyah. Yes, when he went to Medina and he had more freedom, then yes. So the Prophet did implement Taqiyah. So why didn't the Prophet write a book? Number of reasons, one, so they won't accuse him of writing the Qur'an, which is probably the most important reason. Second, there would have been fabrications in it. The minute the Saqifah happened, be sure they would have taken that book and God knows what they would have done to it. So it was not in the interest of the believers and Islam throughout history to have a book like that.